It's your boy Kyle, a.k.a. The Perfect Gentleman. And this is your boy Jay with the Sweet Soul and the Velvet Vibes. Lorenz Tall, Mr. Love Jones, Live, All Will, Everything, Answer, E, All of the Above, a.k.a. Snapple Facts. And we're back. Oh, yeah. With another episode of Bourbon and Boy Shorts. Two single fathers, two single guys talking about love, life, and drinking libations. And uh, who are we inspired by tonight? Tonight, 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 we are inspired by almost a year old uh, bottle of scotch. I had sitting in the cancer, uh, DJ Protocol got that for me for my uh, 35th birthday. Um, I forget the name of it, uh, to be honest with you, but I remember I looked it up and won awards. The Scotch? Yeah, last year it won awards. It was like Scotch of the Year. Mm-hmm. So I been let it sit and put it in the cancer, and yeah, so that's what we inspired by, the mystery Scotch. And there's some basil hating on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, the basil hating. We got to finish Don't that eventually. Yeah. Um, we got some Tostitos chips just in case. And the, um, hold up, what's this? Four alarm? What's this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Trader Joe salsa, you know, a the little Trader bit. Trader Joe's, okay. Yeah, yeah. Thick and chunky. Like I like my women. Like, okay, <laughs> like that. Well, <laughs> that's how. We <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and, and and that's some Pringles, the 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 dad pack of Pringles. Okay, that was the uh, that was for my birthday week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those. Did the so, kids eat them? I know they demolished. They them. were gone literally in two days. Oh, wow. This I is mean, the, between uh, the adults and the kids. Okay, all right, you know, all right, the adults were. Yeah, because it's kind of nostalgic. Extracurricular yeah. activity. Uh, yeah. yeah, it gets like that sometimes. Yeah. So. But anyway, all right, all right. if you guys didn't know, we have a very, very, very special guest in here tonight. Um, I slightly met this woman once. It was quick. Like, she walked in and walked out. And then after that, like, we became, like, like Instagram, like, funny video buddies. And That's an underrated buddy. The Instagram funny video buddy? Definitely an underrated yeah, buddy. Under, under. Like, this is my first time seeing her in person. Um, yeah, I mean, well, outside of that, you know what I'm yeah, saying, yeah, but like, yeah. I really didn't get to meet her. Meet her. <laughs> so uh, she's here tonight, and we're gonna we, we have some some interesting topics and, and uh, information. I'm sure that we're gonna find out about her tonight, and I'm excited. So, um, without further ado, to my right, please introduce yourself. Hey, hey, I am Carla Ross of Carla Sugar, and I'm so happy to be here. Wow. Um, <laughs> I met Jeremy more in person. I think we did the uh, mm-hmm. the cozy event. Yeah, yeah. And then I met Kyle separately, which was weird. <laughs> I thought I would meet you both together. Hey, where'd, you, where'd you meet Kyle? Montego? Um, on Instagram. <laughs> like. Oh, I, wow. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So I'm in master esthetician, uh, former military vet, well, military veteran, former mm-hmm. army. And um, let's see. I did special investigations and um I modeled independently for two and a half years, and I do calligraphy, and I'm learning bass guitar, and I'm a mom. <laughs> so you're a secret agent. You're a secret <laughs> agent. You're a secret I'll accept that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we begin? With the toast. I just got starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even tell you. Right? <laughs> like, 
you do that too? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> the world's most interesting woman. Well, yes. <laughs> right. you're the world's most interesting Well, thank you for coming over. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank uh, you for thank having you. me. So you're, uh, oh, let me, skip it, flipping over. Yeah. Before we get to you real quick, mm-hmm. I got to thank everybody who came out last night. You weren't there. Last night was crazy. Um, we had a great time. Mm-hmm. We tried a new format. Where were we at? We were at Montego Barn Grill, Ladies Night Happy Hour, every Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried a new format of how to play music and what we think that would mm-hmm. get the crowd going. And uh, we did a slow jams night. Yeah, we did a slow jams night. And shout out to the weather, because the weather actually helped the situation. And um, shit got real last night. Like, it was in a good way. Mm-hmm. Shit got real last night in a good way. Everybody had a good time. Um, I think there was somebody dancing on the bar. Yeah, yeah. There was it, a person. It got real. Literally, like Coyote Ugly. Wow, I was going to say Coyote Ugly. Yeah. yeah. Boom. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it got to that point. So it yeah. was, it was, it was people. Like, you know, when Meg come on, you get down to twerk, you shake your booty. Um, it's, it's amazing. But it was slow jam, right? People twerking. At fast paces to slow jams. Because you have to realize. To like beauty. (laughs) (laughs) People have probably been holding that twerk since the top of quarantine. So. That's real. That's real. That's that's a year. That's almost a year's worth of. That's that's like the holding back on the Super Mario. When you're holding down (laughs) on Super Mario 2 to jump high. That's a year's worth of ass shaking. (laughs) That's a year's worth of ass shaking. Like really. It's like an aged ass shake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> the aged ash. We were all forced to practice like we used to do. You know, practice mm-hmm. at home before you go to the club. Second message. So in the mirror, what's my man from the wood? Mike, dance fever. Oh, dance, hey, dance fever. fever. Hey, I'm like dance fever, huh? But um, Carla, you're Carla Sugar. Carla Sugar. Carla yes. Sugar. Please tell us about that. So um, I specialize in sugaring and facials. Sugaring is a form of hair removal. I've done that for 14 years now. And um, it's basically sugar, water, lemon juice formed into a paste. It's an alternative to waxing, which is great. Um, I love it because it just removes dead skin cells. A lot of people experience like uh, sometimes injury, you know, with wax because it's hot mm-hmm. and um, it takes live skin cells. So. I do it on myself, so I pretty much, that's my thing. I love sugaring. And then facials, of course. Men, women, children, everybody. Yeah. So that's new information for me. That's <laughs> a snap of fact for this day. What's that? The sugaring takes off. Um, Dead skin? No, you said hair. Hey, yeah, so it's not like sugar like you think. Like, it's sugar, water, lemon juice. It looks like a taffy. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a it's a method that I use to remove it, basically with a flick of the wrist. <laughs> yeah, but I, I've never, uh, I didn't. Oh, you never knew about never. it, period. Yeah, period. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So that's, how'd you, how'd you find that? Um, find that out? So um, in school, they basically offered it at the time. That was back in 2006. Um, but researched it. It's been done in India and Africa for centuries. Mm. Um, and so I'm finding that a lot of things that we think are primitive so to speak, because we're so technologically sound, yeah. we're now starting to get back to the natural, you know, natural things yeah. and what we considered alternative. So yeah, back in 06, it was not as popular, and I decided to invest in it. Um, not a lot of people did it because it was a it was a good price to pay, but I saw the, the end, yeah, I saw the end game, and uh, yeah, been doing it ever since. So with the sugar water, sugar water rules. 
sugar sugar water and lemon juice lemon juice excuse yeah. me yeah does that work for men as well oh yeah absolutely so what is the treatment for men the treatment <laughs> well the, so, what, what do you recommend so well so sugaring is hair removal so okay. if you want so i have male clients for example they're bald they're balding and they want to speed up the process oh. so i remove the hair that's growing you know along with you know mm. the hair that's uh deadening from the follicle i remove chest hair and all that good stuff yes it does sound like 40 year old virgin for some men um, <laughs> is it removing the hair permanently or uh, it something? does lead to permanency yes because mm. as you remove the hair i remove it along with the growth instead of waxing it's against the growth so it can break the hair as you're pulling it off mm. um but over time you know that blood and lymph vessel is not nourishing that follicle because it's no hair there mm -hmm. so your body signals to give less and less each time so then the hair density changes it becomes thinner mm -hmm. over time and then it just stops growing off altogether so yeah hmm. would that work <laughs> for like your beard like yeah you know because some i've worked with shuffle not suffer, well suffer from shaving bumps and things mm -hmm. so we're trying to exfoliate <clears throat> and uh things like that so well shaving bumps is more um i mean if you want to remove the hair i can do that but right. it, it will eventually lead to permanency right. so i would recommend like a specific facial okay. um all the facials i do are customized based on my analysis of your skin once i get my hand in, on your face <laughs> and see what's going on so essentially you can probably get a treatment of either um i would say like a, a light chemical peel yeah go from there so analyze cow skin what's going on <laughs> Let me hold take on fam <laughs> <laughs> what you ain't finna do cause I'm a little embarrassed right now alright cause I've been these masks haven't break like mm -hmm. I've, I've like, yeah I was just out. about to say you're a clear case of what they call now mask knee yeah like <laughs> these masks have like not been mm -hmm. and I actually switched to using those like uh, whatever the blue ones are mm -hmm. that material but they haven't the, black the surgical mask the surgical mask mm -hmm. yeah. so I, but I've been, I wore a black one and I don't wear those ones I usually wear like the cloth Mm -hmm. The cloth ones, and mm -hmm. the one freaking time I wear the black one, really? Yeah, like. Well, we have to remember really? too. There's a lot of. Well, I'm gonna just say it straight up. Yeah. There's a lot of fake masks, and you know, you know, we're we're kind of playing Russian roulette, you know, mm -hmm. when we put them on our face. Mm -hmm. So the best thing I tell my clients to do is put a protective barrier of a moisturizer on your skin, let it dry a little bit, and then have something that's going to create a, some kind of a um, protection yeah. you know in between but the other part is is you gotta some people are not they're using masks that are disposable over and over again you know some of them need to be thrown away after first usage like the surgical mask um, eight hours the other part is is that a lot of us are not unfortunately cleaning our skins at night you know um, that's the part that we really need to focus on because we're taking in all the debris you know, from the day, and um, you know, while you're happy to get the mask off, your skin needs to get you know all the yeah. other stuff off too. I'm guilty so. of that. No, yeah. I ain't gonna lie. How do you clean your your face? How do you clean your face? <laughs> like you said, at the end of the night, you clean something. In my mm. mind, I, well, I try to like clean rag, wipe my face off. Some, I don't know. That's do you more. use? <laughs> do you have any cleanser? Do you have soap? I, <laughs> when I do it, I don't, I don't. I try not to put soap on my face. That's good. Um, cleanser, no. Yeah, you can do a specific... Alcohol, that's probably bad. I don't want to say that to you. <laughs> um, I would say if you're a person that needs like that kind of feel, like alcohol stripping, um, do like a witch hazel type of toner. You know, um, you can clean your skin with the toner, meaning that it's just like a light 
kind of astringent mix, mm-hmm. like a rinse, if you don't do a whole lot of cleansing. But you have to do something at night. You mm-hmm. have to. I'm 42, so if you don't clean your skin at night, you what will you say? not. What kind of witchery? <laughs> <laughs> There's no sorcery here. <laughs> it's just jeans and um, Levi's, eating. maybe. <laughs> don't say Strauss. I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah, I'll be 43 this year. Yep, absolutely. So <laughs> hold up. <laughs> And sip. No, I've seen a <laughs> lot of sip. shit on this show. Okay, <laughs> and by a lot of shit, <laughs> I've seen a lot of shit on this show. You're not. You're 42. I am 1978. Good gracious. <laughs> that is a. You look. You look amazing. Like Thank seriously, you. you look amazing. I'm gonna wash my face. <laughs> wash my face. I'll be right back. But nah. Um, yeah, it's important. Everything I recommend people to do is at night. You know, if you don't do anything during the day fine but we take in so much we take a beating you know your skin is the largest and living breathing organ that's protecting everything else inside of you and so it takes a beating a lot and if you do it at night you're not fighting with the elements your skin can absorb um you know everything that you put on it and making sure that you don't you know you have the beyonce i woke up like this <laughs> All right. the, uh, another question that i have for you mm-hmm. you said that uh back in the ancient um african <laughs> days they used they used the same exact um um they were concoction i guess there were variations but definitely that same Should kind of you know that? yeah that kind of like the citrus might have been switched you know yeah. depending on um availability but yeah it's pretty much the same composition you said it took did it take you 14 years or you've been doing it for 14 i've been doing it for 14 years oh, okay. it took me um I want to say honestly to master it with my own technique, it took me about two years and okay. of practical, constant application. Right. Um, but yeah, we learned it in about I want to say if it was like a weekend or so class. Okay. And then they just let you go <laughs> because so, that's the thing. A lot, a lot of times in trade schools, you don't really get to experience the depth and pra- practical application until you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you do it on a dummy, and then you go out and do it on real people. <laughs> so how was it? Were you nervous your first time with no. an actual person? No, because I had too many family members who were willing to. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> who were willing? Um, hey, there were a couple. Facial, hell yeah. Yeah, there was a couple times I've had you know faux pas. Um, I'm not avert to you know being honest about that. I mean, I have stories about mm-hmm. the spa industry, you know, and the back the back stuff we have to do, just mm-hmm. like with any industry. There's right. bloopers and everything. Um, but the way I got confident was just learning to do it on myself. You know, everything I do or recommend short of certain products that I can't use, um, I always test it out and use it on myself and before I give it to my clients or recommend it. That's what's up. You're up, slugger. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the faux pas, the things that happen? Oh. What are some of the, what, what, yeah, what are, what are some of those things? Because it seems like <laughs> the industry is so smooth. It, it runs uh, easily, seamlessly. Think about it like a performance. You don't see what's going on in the back and people mm-hmm. rushing and changing clothes. All you see is what happens yeah. in the front. And so, I mean, there will be... T- <laughs> Let me see. Let me think of a good time that I can really... Oh, yeah, this was good. Um, <laughs> so, there was one day I was just not really feeling it. And that's one thing I don't recommend. Doing anything that you're hands-on with people where you're not 100%. But, of course, we were... At that point, we were workhorses. I was doing like six facials back to back. I was exhausted. 
So I'm at my fifth facial and I'm like, you know, and I think I'm like in my thirties at the time and it's super quiet. And this lady, like I've had her before, but she's real, like super uptight, high anxiety, wants everything peace and quiet. (sighs) My ass drops like the biggest bottle. (laughs) And all I could say is, ma'am, huh? No, no, no. It was plastic, but it made like a you know that kind of noise and like it was just these it kind of reverberated because of Mm. the acoustics and i was just all i could think of was saying ma'am i'm so sorry this is not a part of your spogscapes music collection i will change the music to another song it's a little bit more bass than we're used to (laughs) and she just she was like that was great i was like i was like holy shit snacks i thought she was gonna not tip me but yeah holy shit snacks (laughs) But yeah, that was one of the faux pas. Um, I could tell you about a faux pas someone else had. <laughs> no, I won't no, do no, that. No, no, that won't do so, that. So this is so you were in school two thousand and six ish to get the, to 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 learn aesthetics. The aesthetics. But prior to that, you were saving the world. <laughs> you said saving the world. How, how do you, how how do you how do you make that decision to join the military? Nice safe. Um, yes, you're good at that now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but how do you make the decision to join the military and and then then after that the idea to go to esthetician school very easy story um wow so as a topographic engineer i made maps and read satellite imagery for the military topographic engineer (laughs) um and so don't need big ass words uh, Still well, I gotta tell you when how we met, and then she threw that out there. And I was like, I know it. It's like you, you make maps. <laughs> yes. No, literally, that's how I went. I was like, topographic. Yeah. <laughs> you have great memory. That's true. Um. Yeah. So essentially, I I decided that um I wanted to try to continue doing topography, and um. Huh. Essentially, I ended up finding myself not getting a job because it was so, uh, I hate to say it was so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very limited, not very diverse. Mm -hmm. There's not many. I mean, my field was dominated by white males. And so I had to get creative. Uh, And I decided to model independently um, for two and a half years. I went to an agency, turned down. I wasn't white enough nor black enough in there. This is what's told, what was told to my what face. What year is this? This was in 2002. No, it doesn't make sense. Okay, go ahead. It's 2002. Um, so essentially, I decided, okay, modeled independently for two and a half years, did some great things. I even modeled for Eve's line fetish when it came out from Macy's. I did a f- few other lines and stuff, but... I would look at the women's faces and say, wow, you know, the makeup artists wouldn't have to use so much primer if they would, you know, do some work on their skin. And so it hit me right then. I didn't even know it was called aesthetics. I was just like, wow, you know, maybe I want to help people in their skin because the industry became to me synonymous with the idea that everybody wanted to work on the outer and not the inner. And so I wanted to find a way to offer um, inspiration and encouragement for people to work on their inner so it can project to the, to the outer and for men as well. So I looked it up and I found an esthetician school and it was in nine months. So I actually did my um, 
college education in the midst of that first um, HBCU, St. Augustine's Ooh. in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And um, then right after that, went to aesthetics technology. And right after that, I started working at a five-star, five-diamond hotel and spa. Yeah, Five-diamond. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that was the best of big leagues. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. <laughs> I was like, if you're going to go hard, you're going to go all the way. Right. So I went and interviewed. They had, they had all their estheticians already. And um, the director... He was in the Navy. Uh, and when he found out I was Army, he says, wait, he's just, you're a rock star. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'll, he's like, I'm going to give you a shot. Mm-hmm. And so I had to give the um, assistant director a facial. She was from South Africa. Mm-hmm. And um, she was a pretty, she was a hard ass, but she couldn't believe I was straight out of school. And so when you find your passion, you do it. You're meant to do it no matter what. Right, and they made room for me. Your gifts will make room for you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what a way to close out Black History Month! Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're gonna have a guest to close out Black History Month, right? you better make sure. Yeah, but that that is that is awesome. That is awesome. Thank so, you. in the midst of all of that, with uh, Army, are you are you in the Army at this time? No, I'm. I've been. Oh gosh, you know what I'm saying? At in what you were telling us? Are no, you? 2002. I, I finished my service, and then that's when I ran into model so when did you go into the army uh 97 damn okay yeah oh, you, you, you did your four years and you mm-hmm. got up out of there yeah. oh, okay it's not that easy like everyone says you did your four and got up out mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's not prison yeah <laughs> like i literally was so i had to make a serious decision because when i was getting out of the military september 11th happened mm-hmm. i had five months left oh, wow. and so they have something called a stop loss which means Anytime the country's at war, no matter when you're supposed to get out, yeah, they will keep stay. you in indefinitely until mm-hmm. they satisfy the needs. And I have a very high profile kind of job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in Hawaii, and so we made maps for the entire Pacific theater. So <laughs> I was like, all right, I told God that day when I figured it out, because I said, okay, two things. We're going to war because Bush was in office. I told him straight up, anytime Republicans in office, I was like, it's war. Mm-hmm. And then September 11th happened. So I told God that day, if you let me clear, I promise to do what I love and love what I do every single day. Mm-hmm. How was living in Hawaii? Oh my God. <laughs> you, were there, you said that was 97 you won? 97 dad, to yeah, 2002. Yeah, my dad was there. Yeah. Maybe. Nope, it was the 80s. He came, he was back. Yeah, he was back. I know when, and when I was at elementary school, yeah, he was, it was back. Like fifth, middle school, he was back. It was amazing. Like, I've never seen five rainbows stacked on top of one another until I went there. I mean, you drive close to the Dole Plantation, you can smell pineapples in the air. It's insane. Um, the big island of Hawaii, as they say it, has jet black sand beaches. If you like chocolate, they have the chocolate. So Joe wasn't table. lying in no. his lyric. Yeah. Make love on a yeah. beach of jet, jet black sand. sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And sip. And right. sip here. <laughs> So um yeah, it was great. That's amazing. You have a <clears throat> the most interesting woman in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's the, what's that drink? Dosakis. Dosakis. Dos you gotta do it to Dosakis. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now nah, that's amazing. So like your your experience in Hawaii outside of um the military, were you able to like as far as the esthetician side? Were you able to like pick up some things over there? Um, I didn't start doing aesthetics in Do Hawaii. I, I did it in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. where I got my start after I finished my um, college education. Mm. So, yeah, I 
I'm gonna go back though. I feel like Hawaii's calling me. Yeah, I'm just afraid to go back because like I'll probably stay. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Um, you know, being five thousand miles away is not as easy as you think. Um, they have a term what you call island fever. So when you're there for about the first three to six months, you literally can drive around the whole island in three hours. So when you come from a place like East Coast where you're mm. used to 95, you can go. I mean, hell, DMV. You know, mm. I live where I can hit up the D.C. line in 15 minutes and the Virginia line is 25 minutes from me. So you do get kind of like bored. You know, you get you have to remind yourself you're in paradise so you can take advantage of it. Wow. That's deep. You do. Because the same thing here. Like there's so many people who come from other countries. I swear this mic <laughs> come from other countries um, to see what you have here and you live here. And most of the times we don't see the tourist attractions until we get ready to move or after we've moved from a place we've already been. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think I think it depends on who you are in some in some cases as, as far as the, you know, exploration of America. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, being a native here or, or living in America, because um, there are a lot of places like people still like I haven't I have never been to Ocean City. I haven't either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying, but really, never been ocean. Yeah. But I'm just saying stuff like that. Like, if there was like a tourist or something like that, come like, hey, you know, what do you want to do this summer? Like, go to Ocean City, um, or I don't know what Florida, there's Disney World, Disney World. Like, yeah. stuff I know like a lot that. of folks you know I mean? who've never been to Disney World. And I, I think, I think that like what you're saying is is very true. Like, taking advantage of like where you live at. Like, go visit. I've ne- the first time I went to Cali was what 18 2018 2019 18 19 yeah and i didn't even get to see all of california i mean uh la i'll say la mm-hmm. i didn't get to see everything but it was like just to see like an actual real live like palm tree and then like yo i went to roscoe's chicken and waffles hey randy's donuts like mm-hmm. stuff like that for me i'm like man y'all gotta I'm like yeah yo like calm down like would you calm down i ain't never been here before so it, yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, you did. I, the, you did the quotations around the word "native." I feel like a lot of us will find how native we are when we actually traverse this entire land. Mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. lot of us are where we are because we were born here, or our parents had you here, and, and you don't necessarily move forward, or you're there for a job, or you're there for a relationship. But when you move somewhere, or you go somewhere to visit because you're like, I want to edify my experiences by yeah. you know, I really traveled my own country like there's a guy who made a map um route of all of the attractions around the united states and hotels and gas stops and you should do it in like a seven or eight days or something like really that. an rv yeah well, that's not a long time Mm-mm. but you're moving though you're okay like, you know you have like oh, so you may are you, so you may not be stopping to enjoy you're you gonna can, see it you, you'll stop i think there's one where you can stop um for a night you know but that's why I said RV, because mm-hmm. you'll be expected to have someone help you drive and keep moving sleep on the way. Because the point of the route was to see the attractions, but also know that you can have a route along the country where you don't have to miss gas and mm-hmm. lodging, which is, you know, nobody wants to end up in a Bates Motel situation no, trying sure. to just see Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went, what was it, where did it go? Yosemite? Mm-hmm. When I went to Yosemite for the first time, like never been there. Wow. And I was just like, it was really some beautiful shit out here, mm-hmm. like for real. Mm-hmm. Um, just the scenery alone, and then actually flying there. You know, I had to fly over the uh, 
what's it called the Grand Canyon mm-hmm. like flying over that like actually seeing it and it's just stuff that you only see in like a history book or yeah. your social studies book in school yeah. and it's like you're actually able to <laughs> you know look at it in person I, I think that's uh, I think that needs to be I guess normalized uh, yeah and I think it's also needing to be encouraged Courage, because yes. just like people would say the propaganda we received about how Africa is you know why would we believe that until you go there yourself? So you talking about like it's all tribal? Yeah, and like it's, it's all village. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's not. You go there and it's on the Serengeti. No, it's it's that's a piece of it, but it's not all of it. And I feel that kind of like subconsciously, we've all been like digging our heels into where we are. But your geographical location has a lot to do with who you are mm-hmm. and how you flourish. So go visit places so you know who you can be and where you're best serving. You know, and doing your thing. So yeah. Interesting. So all of this wisdom. How do you tra- how do you transfer this into your daughter? Oh wow, <laughs> it's an after school special every day. <laughs> no, um, I try to just you know kids don't really always listen to what you say more than they watch what you do. So mm. I try to be mindful about what I do, and then have that articulate in what I say. You know, so for example, um. We've had discussions like this all the time because she's extremely brilliant. Um, I would tell her, you know, like, you need to be more in control of how you express yourself because at a certain space as a teenager, which she is now, um, they're still learning their independence, but they're also learning what boundaries are and aren't. And then they have influences of (laughs) everything else that wants to um, sexualize and, and I like to say adulticize, adulticize you know, size. these uh. kids. And um, there was one moment where I, you know, you hear a little tinge of, little tinge of attitude. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, you need to be very cautious on how you project yourself because the people who care about you will take that as you really don't care about what you're projecting to them. So the more you do that, the less you get compassion back to you. And it's not that it's meant to, it's just human behavior. Mm-hmm. It says, what if I treated you a certain way and had an attitude every time I asked you to do something simple or you asked me to do something simple for you, you would not want to ask me anymore. And that will put a wedge in our relationship. So if you're feeling some kind of way, direct it. You know, this is a kid that had an angry I did. <laughs> I just want to make sure daughter, I heard that right. Like, my daughter was in, yes. No, no, it's yeah. no problem. I'm yeah. just, I want to make sure I heard that yeah, right. Yeah, you so heard That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah, I like to just whooping ass. Taking names. Like, that's crazy. But she, okay. But she needed the angry pillow because when you have. So yeah. I said, you got to do something to put that energy somewhere. Yeah. So now that we're an older. Now we can have these after school special talks. <laughs> you know, one thing how how you, you know, are describing your relationship with your daughter and as far as her outlets, right? Um, and I, me and Jeremy had, had these conversations before, how we parent now, which we try really hard not to be our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying everybody's uh, childhood was like mine or like Jeremy's or whatever, or like yours, um, but I know that now being an uh, an adult and seeing it's flashbacking to certain behaviors and things that I wasn't able to do and then also just completely shut off from doing I don't want to 
You are. So that's the kicker. And this is the trick that I've learned. Mm. It's the same thing with Nutty Professor. When he decided the only way he can exist truly is if he integrated with Buddy. Mm. And that is kind of like your parents. Mm. You're, their blood runs through your veins. Yeah. And so the blueprint is as you are healing from your traumas of experiencing, and I'm not saying traumas as, you. you know, in particular, but um, the experience with them. Um, you've transmuted it into not that I'm not going to be like them, but I'm going to take this and make this better. So when I come across a situation mm -hmm. where I would have wanted to be responded to as a kid, I can now do that and project that on my child right. and then also have a better springboard. Because sometimes when you felt pain, you know what it's like so much so that you don't want to inflict it on others. My favorite, one of my favorite terms these days is no one knows the violence it took to get this gentle or to be this gentle. Yeah, listen, mm. That's a word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll twist it. No one knows the violence it took to be this gentle. Yeah, I like that. That's a show title right there. It's a long title. <laughs> we didn't have longer, bro. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm the man. Well, That's what you want. How about uh, don't be a menace to society while uh, drinking juice in the hood? No, so to that, you, I think we were having a, a, a parenting conversation when we first met. Mm -hmm. And to the, that point about, you know, the violence it takes to be this gentle, you made a comment and actually wrote it down for to talk about on the, on the podcast. We've never spoken about it. Um, so I think this is a good time. You said combat versus tact. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> you remember. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm playing good. Wow, how long did you have it written down? Um, <laughs> I don't remember the exact concept yeah. around what we were discussing, but I can tell you, um, my child is, again, there's so many kids that are so brilliant, and I don't know if you heard the old school term, you're so smart, you're stupid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. So there was a, a moment where I had to let her know um, that you can either invoke combat or tact. Mm -hmm. So that means, and she she's aware. I mean, she was smell, spelling the word beautiful at the age three, right? So, <laughs> so that's the kicker, though. When you have them so brilliant in that small body and this new mind and mm -hmm. curious and don't know much, that directional pull you got to have, you know. But especially with a, a young person who knows... Um, martial arts it's a different vantage point you got to come from so even though i might not know her karate i know crazy and i had to tell her either you get the combat meaning we're gonna duke this out and fight not necessarily fight fist fight i don't do that i mean in a, spa a space of i have more will than you mm -hmm. so we can do this punishment thing if you want <laughs> you know or we can have more tact and let's talk about these things and get to a place of understanding because i don't want to be in combat and I told her, she knows I was in the military and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, um, otherwise you can get strong while you're wrong. Do some push-ups. <laughs> so combat or tact. Yeah. Strong while you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fuck with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fuck with that. That's it's real. Like. Get strong while you're wrong. Push-ups will change your life. Like, I, I, I uh, can, I guess, relate to a lot of what you're saying. So me working with the kids at the military school, because that's basically like almost the same thing. Like 
these kids come from so many different backgrounds and and unstable homes yeah. uh and a lot of them you know the the mental and emotional toll that these kids <clears throat> have took have took on then when they get to us and when you try to make them see when you try to make them see you try to give them the tact mm-hmm. you try to give them the tact part <clears throat> the tact part sounds so redundant and it sounds just so like uh, it is not going to phase me from as from the kid's standpoint because i'm really a stranger to them um but the i guess the combat part is i have a job to do for five and a half months you're with me mm-hmm. and like you said the will i have way more will than you mm-hmm. And like I said, you're going to get strong while you, what you say? You're going to get, get strong while you're, you're strong wrong. While you're wrong. <laughs> and I think that's very important, especially for this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, everything has been so like technology, you know, it's just technology, technology. And in the military, in the military school, everything is more primitive. Mm-hmm. So I'm gl- I'm glad that it's more parents out there that are, you know, like yourself that are using that, that logic to try to get through through the kids. Because um, a lot of parents won't do that. They won't take that time. I'm not saying everybody's perfect. Everybody has their own, you know, lane or how they do things. But a lot of parents um, just aren't doing that. And I'm and I'm saying that based off the of the kids that I'm working with. You can just tell, like, a lot of them are just like, when they drop them off, they're like, well, they, you know, this is your problem now for, like, six months. I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's our problem. Like, I'm I think, not. Yeah, you you know what? I think. more people in the community that's willing to work with the kids and to give them another safe space. However, I will say... Um, a little closer to the mic. Oh, there you go. Here's my spa voice again. <laughs> a lot of us don't talk to our kids about our own journey. Yeah. And that's something that we separate from and and unfortunately as you're having kids people are not able to navigate their own healing journey while trying to raise another kid so I think that it's unfortunate but I think it's also fortunate because the kids get another chance to have exposure you know what if they didn't have some of them didn't what if they didn't have those beginnings to be able to meet a person like yourself you know that will give them an alternative so then maybe they will grow and raise their children differently just as both of you decided to do um yeah this world is very interesting when it comes to parenting because of i think that this country itself doesn't really have a moralistic fiber you know as far as what that looks like and so we're all just kind of going off of our own playbook and it's like winging it winging it and doing <laughs> yeah. it on our own and then having the dangling carrot of you know oh well my life will be better if i had money and i could do this with it no it's literally what you impart wisdom is just simply you giving your experience and of course some discipline you know you can't do anything without discipline you know so yeah it's interesting but i think it was uh jamisha janisha who said the episode 111 so not we didn't realize it but we were watching our parents grow up mm-hmm. yeah as they were watching us grow up yeah. absolutely absolutely and, then and they it, were it's with the, the same thing yeah. yeah and our, our children are watching us grow up mm-hmm. 
and they, they just don't realize it. But mm-hmm. we're growing up. We're growing with them as well. Oh, my daughter realizes it. I'm a <laughs> big ass kid. <laughs> um, and I think it's also, too, because I have the Benjamin Button thing going. So Facts. I'm like the youngest, mm-hmm. oldest, older parent. And <laughs> um, But I also I tap into it. You know, we're all little children. We all have a little child that is trying to be reconciled and protected by the big version of ourselves. Right. And so you honor that by just saying, all right, they did it that way. I needed that upbringing to be the adult who I am. Now this mini adult needs this this particular upbringing and I have the foresight now to see it instead of repeating the same thing mm-hmm. that my parents did to the T because these kids don't need that. You know, sure. they need something different, you know. And it quite honestly, we still have to thank each and every one of them because it's animal kingdom out here. You know, a lot of us got nipped a lot more as cubs, mm-hmm. but a lot of those might have saved our lives a lot of times, looking back hindsight. So, yeah. Tune in uh, next week, too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what, is, what is the... What is the the advice you give your daughter that you wish someone would have given you? Mm, that's a very easy mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Never quit listening to your intuition. Mm, that's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We cultivate that now because mm-hmm. we are taught to be too polite not hurt people's feelings but that breaks down our boundaries if you're in a space place or situation that doesn't suit you and it's not just that like your intuition should be heightened for you to recognize opportunities as well so i would tell her to never doubt it and always listen to it no matter what Yeah, you're really 42. <laughs> like, I'm really just like staring at. I apologize. Like, I'm, really, I'm like catching myself. Like this woman is not 42, I, bro. Like she got a Star Wars beanie on. Like I, this right. is not real. Like with, with the my boyfriend hoodie. He's a, he's a, he's a liar. This like. is my hoodie. First of all, speaking of boyfriend, I, she's like, <laughs> hey, oh. We now go back to the studio, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for the program that's man. already in progress. Insert sip here. And sip. <laughs> okay. And scene. <laughs> nah, so so in your journey, because we had to get to this part, of course. you know what's coming. It's here. So here um, in your journey from <laughs> 90s, let's say 97. Holy shit. Yeah, let's say 97. <laughs> you, was, you, was, you was out there, not to cut you, you off. No, nah, brother, I understand. You was only talking about to bring in an important point, I know. But that she was out there went with prom hip hop. Listen, y'all. Prom nineties R and B. Do you understand? To be sixteen or wait? No. Yeah. Listen. Listen. Okay. I Yo. was. You said sixteen. I went in the military at nineteen. No, that's, I said ninety-seven. Didn't I? Yeah. Oh, okay. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. yeah but even still, you're a teen. You're still a teen. Nineteen. Yeah. To have <laughs> Busta Rhymes and listen, Biggie. But wait, alive. even better. Listen, I grew up in Queens, New York, oh, in the eighties. Yeah, you was in there. So left rack city. I'm from. Wow, I, I, saw, I saw the um, filming of Akinelli's Put It In Your Mouth. <laughs> yes, it was shit. actually. Um, You're a different type of person. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, I, had to be, I had to be like 12 then too. Um, <laughs> he said what? Listen, are you kidding? 
Yeah, it was. Um, so I lived in Left Rack City, and mm-hmm. he did um, a filming part of it in the tunnel leading into 99th Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of. You're things. older than Nori. Nori's no, no, y'all might be the same age. Nori's older than me. He's, 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 he's like 43. He's like around. Yeah, yeah. he's a slightly older okay. than me. Um, yeah. <laughs> when you see that you know um and it's crazy because you know new york is so illusory like that's why people don't leave because the world is there mm-hmm. but it's different when you're from new york and then you go travel the world your brain opens up to a whole nother whole nother level but yeah hip-hop mm-hmm. y'all missed it like during an, i mean i even feel like i missed it because there were certain aspects of it i wasn't old enough to be in certain places to enjoy but to be in the ambiance mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. to be able to remember um, to have summer jam to look forward to um, everybody's album comes out at a certain time you know um, and then just I mean we had block parties mm-hmm. you know things like that um, a lot of memories you know a lot of good memories so yeah wow okay my bad <laughs> no, you, what are you apologizing for? Wait, I, 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 <laughs> I told you about that it's 21 we're not yeah, yeah. alright yeah you are not sorry I don't deal with sorry people yeah Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to stop. Apo- I, I do it too, and I do my, that to my daughter too. You know, we have to stop apologizing for taking up space. And I think, especially as people of color, we're used to mm-hmm. having to apologize for, you know, just being in space. Right. I'm enjoying it. You know, you got to be able to take up space and own it as you All should. Right. No apologies. So 2021. What, so what was your what was your your love story back then with, with, with hip hop and all of that <laughs> stuff like that? I know there was some some young man that was throwing rocks at your window or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, like, not really. Like, okay, so my fr- <laughs> my first boyfriend I had at thirteen. This is around when New York Undercover was hot. Ooh. Oh yeah, I'm bringing y'all back. And um, shout out to that theme song. Listen, that that, that theme song Netflix? rocked. Until Power's theme song. That was the top hip hop nah, like Between television theme song. Martin. Barton was more like it was, it was Martin was comedy. more like the Will Smith of yeah, the music. Lip, theme. was cool too. It was a nice little catchy. Oh, yeah, but we talking about more hip hop. Like you can yeah, hear New York Undercover and know that's grimy and you can put it next to power. Yeah. Like, yeah. I respect that. But anyways, I respect what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You but anyways, first boyfriend, it. um yeah, Jesse. Wow. Jesse. Back. He had some pit bulls that were beautiful and his pit bulls ended up on a new york undercover episode oh, yeah. he was famous these dogs were uh. <laughs> <laughs> these dogs were um funny thing i he was i didn't really get my heart broken or anything by him it's just like i was really focused like i was a tomboy for a long time so <laughs> yeah i i really was focused and my mom was like we used to call her noriega the real one okay oh. yeah like we had the newspaper up when he was apprehended and mm-hmm. ki- yeah all that stuff but she was strict and she had to be we're growing you're raising children in new york you know so i was scared and um so scared that i didn't even lose my virginity until i was out of high school and on my first year of college and i was 18 and even then i was so scared <laughs> i was no. like what <laughs> but it was like my mind was not focused so much on the guys you know i went into the military at, at 19 it was just something in me that had the foresight because i was like i'm not trying to be a super senior in junior college if i'm working 
and trying to go to school, I will be here for five years. Mm -hmm. And um, my recruiter was really my friend. You know, he's, God, he's known me since I was 15. And um, he was like, listen, it was during the Clinton administration. Oh, right. It was a good time. <laughs> One yeah, nothing going economy, on. You economy know? was booming. And um, he was like, you just do it. So I did. And I focused heavily. Now, I've had like two boyfriends in Hawaii and uh, they were military. <clears throat> and I think because, you know, that strain of that life and you're trying to find yourself and you meet people from all over they come from all like listen when i was in they were still having people choose between jail and the military really what that was an option yes listen i had a girl who was still she was now. hiding from the Colombian mafia in the army <laughs> yo the best way to protect yourself yeah yeah. The yeah there's a lot of like misfits if you will <laughs> mm. but you know the military is that thing you can shape up and ship anybody up you know mm -hmm. to you know be disciplined if they are willing so yeah I had an interesting time I wasn't really focused too much it wasn't it wasn't until after I got the army that I got married and I was married for seven years and I had my daughter so mm -hmm. yeah how was that that was interesting um how did you pick him? How did you know he was the one or he was the one to marry? So he courted me. So I met him before. I, I've known him for about a year. Um, we went to the same college. Um, and then, um, and this was uh, Maryland. So it was just something about his tenacity. He, you know, was really, he wrote a lot, you know, and kept up with me. Um, is, um, while you were in the military? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I would say, like, more towards the last year that I was in the military. And we just had a familiar energy. Um, and so when I got out, you know, after you live life like that, like, it's almost like you really become an adult, you mm -hmm. know? And so for me, my mindset was, even though I was going to college, um, you know, I took it completely different. I was doing accelerated classes and all of this. And I was like, oh, this is wants to do this single life you know like mm -hmm. I wasn't my mind wasn't there and so I kind of just I really just took a leap it was really a hard thing well I won't say hard thing like the heart is not a I was six, listen, I was six hours behind. So for the effort for him to reach out to me, it would be 2 a.m. in the morning, Jeez. his time. Oh, he sent me alarm. of presence and not just presence there was integrity behind the presence now everything is not always going to be shown right. you know but it was enough for me to say you know what 
this is somebody I could actually see myself having a family with. And the mindset that I had at that time was I wasn't having sex with anybody unless I foresaw myself having a child with them. Because technically we do take a calculated risk with mm -hmm. anyone. Um, so it just worked out. Yeah, that's how it worked. <laughs> yeah. No, that's you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not married anymore. That's clearly you said for, for, no, no, for seven years. Yeah. No, I, I, I am <clears throat> curious because of your energy and your aura, your presence. When mm -hmm. you talk about the space you you take up, um, how the well, what was the marriage like then? It, um, as a person, I I, I put out there, I want to be married in two years. Okay. To, uh, <laughs> to, a, <laughs> to a lot of your, your 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 points and thoughts about who wants to do this alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think I'm at that place now. Like, what else is there? It, it's only so much mm -hmm. things you uh, you want to do without documenting documenting it with a person. So, what, what was that like? And what was he like? Because I pres I see him as. The, um, and this is me <laughs> filtering what I think he would be through mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. um, like like this deep wise brother, like locks or something, <laughs> like what? What, on a different world. What was the uh, oh, Shazam? Shut up, ladies and gentlemen. We have ended the last of this nah, podcast. Nah, Damn, Creek summered me, <laughs> and I love her. No, no disrespect. Right. She's a beast. Um, on the voiceovers too, but um, because when you say he 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 wrote letters, he quoted you and did yeah, all of that. He yeah. doesn't he doesn't suck. Uh, uh, he you know seemed like to be a sucker MC. Nah, but he was also a poet. Um, he didn't have locks. <laughs> he didn't have locks. <laughs> um, but there's a, the thing about it is is that now you know people have an interesting way with words, but it's it's the intentions behind them, mm -hmm. you know. So. He was good dude. He still is good dude. As a matter of fact, um, you know, we have a great relationship. It took a little bit because, um, you know, I was open, you know, about mm -hmm. how I felt. You know, I wanted separation at first. I didn't say say divorce, but he decided that um, he would go into the military, you know, afterwards, after, you know, we separated. So I didn't foresee that mending, you know, after I'm like, you're going where I've already been. So I kind of know how that's gonna flow so yeah. he's um he's a good dude like i really think back like he just had some mistakes and what's dope about him is that he talks to our daughter about his regrets and his mistakes and shares with her wisdom um on how to you know navigate that so she can hear that from a man's perspective so it's not like it doesn't come off like oh mom's just angry mm -hmm. you know I, I you know i got that only once from her when she was nine and she literally sat me down and she said in her words, Mommy, the highest point of my anger was when you and Daddy got a divorce and I didn't understand why. So that let me know I have got, I got to get my ass in gear mm -hmm. with our relationship and at least let her see from my perspective that I show up and I show up in uh, a stand-up way regardless. And over time, that really started, I mean, you can't, you can't break something solid. You mm -hmm. can't, so mm. unless you're water eroding a rock, and I'm water sign, so it's not gonna work. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I'm <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm saying I don't know because of the 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 man perspective to the daughter part. Yeah, yeah. is is something that I'm gonna have to look forward to at some point. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I and I'm not shy. I'm not ever gonna shy away from it. But my daughter 
like like you said, um, they watch us. Absolutely. They watch us like a hell of a lot more than we think that they do. Oh, yeah. And um, I know that that time is coming. I know it's going to come one day. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, damn, I really got to don't look at don't don't look at it that way because it's it's a lot of there are a lot of um gonna be a lot of unanswered questions Mm -hmm. that should have been maybe answered you know way way back in the day because i know it's going to come up but i know there are probably some things that should have been answered or um just should have you know exposed myself to her about um but I think at a certain age, it's like, yo, I don't, how do you explain this to a four or five year old? You, you know what I mean? But you let yourself just by osmosis kind of mm-hmm. just be present. Like, they'll let you know. Like, I call her my living ancestor because I believe kids are way wiser than us in many aspects. And yeah. so for what we think that we're trying to hide and don't want to expose they pick up on that shit anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and with the influence of, you know, everything on TV. They pretty much saw half of our childhood already on YouTube, you know. Um, (laughs) So the only thing to correlate it is to make it personal to Mm -hmm. you. So you'll know it's like, you know, it's like architecture. You'll once you get the lay of the land, you'll know what kind of what kind of floor plan to do for it. You know, and the the only thing I I find interesting, well, I, I, I think it's great. But then I'm, I'm trying to break her out of it is she's um she's like me in a lot of ways in a lot of ways uh How i know is that, that? Huh? No, it, it, <laughs> she's she's like me in the ways of like um she's a she's a very good observer and she doesn't say anything so she'll observe <clears throat> and just be like and then go back and then just you know slightly drag back into the background mm-hmm. i do that a lot and i've done it as a kid and i and i watch her just Sometimes, just like in the midst of me and him are having a conversation, she'll fake me on the iPad, but then she'll be like, "So, Uncle Jeremy, you know, what I mean? like she'll say something." Like, I'm like, Yo, "What you mean? Well, you were supposed to hear what you was listening." Well, I mean, you guys were pretty loud, and I didn't I didn't have my headphones, and I was like, "You ain't got to go into all of that. You was listening." But I, I'm I'm. I'm waiting on that day. I'm waiting on the day for the the, the more inquisitive uh, mindset that she's going to have. You know what? I will share with you what helped me because I was because I hear what you're saying, but there's a I hear the undercurrent, which is there's a slight little bit of anxiety attached to oh, having yeah. to expose yourself to her. And so what I did was every birthday, mm-hmm. I would ask her to remember her first memory of when she was you know young whatever that was and then share with her an instance of what happened to me at that age Mm. so the more you open up yourself what you were as a kid because that's one thing i think that i think back that i wish my mom would have done more share more about your childhood Mm -hmm. with me about you know what did you do at this stage you know what i mean so i don't feel separate from you you know and then i can feel more open to have discussion because you shared a bit of your life that I don't see, but that past has created you, and I have to accept that. And now I feel open to talk to you about more intrusive things. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. true. That's what's up. <laughs> Nothing further, Your Honor. <laughs> I got one question, but what you what you got? Are we there? I mean, yeah. Are we? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Have you been? Well, you you live what fifteen minutes from the D.C. border? Yeah. Twenty minutes from the Virginia border. Mm-hmm. So have you been to the African American Museum? Absolutely. History and culture. How many times? Twice. So you've seen everything. Yes. Favorite part. Ooh, the um the fountain. At the end, the reflecting. Yeah. Okay. See, now that's that's important. It's important, and the reason why is because um, I look at this the symbolism behind a lot of things. Um, It was heavy. It was a lot of weight and heaviness, and water represents flow, release, Mm -hmm. and literally to have me be in that space. um, Because, like for example, my mom bought us a um, game called In Search of Identity. Um, it's like $300 now. It has every black inventor, everything on this entire country that has been created or done by a black person. Mm-hmm. And it's made into a game. So when I went there, it was like, oh, you know. These are I the was things from the game. Connecting I know this, dots. Yeah. But it was also a heavier burden to physically see it, you know, mm-hmm. in your face. And then also, to be honest with you, it was triggering to look at white people, you know, walking, you know, around because it was weird. It was like, a can I just say it was eerie? It was like, you know, some of them, they kind of nodded at you. But then it was kind of like, you know, it was just a weird. <laughs> it's hard to uh, that's explain. a good that's a, first person to mention that it was that was a weird experience mm-hmm. seeing kids <clears throat> literally on school buses yeah. coming to the museum. And one playing around for me, it's, it's, that's a sacred space. That museum is yeah. a sacred space. Yeah. But I get you're eight years old, you're thirteen years old on a field trip in summer camp. Mm-hmm. You're not taking it seriously. Yeah. But at the same time, someone has to let you know you wouldn't do that at Arlington Cemetery. Yeah. No one would allow you to be jo- uh, joking around like that at Arlington Cemetery. Treat this <clears> like that as well. But it, it was just a, it it was very airy because you you don't know their intentions. I think one time when we were in at the Women's March, we sat down with that random group of people at Ann Pizza. The random group of white people. Yes. <laughs> yes. The fact you know, say that, that. Why did you say that like Steve How The white. The yeah. extra white. Cool quip. Cool quip. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, low key, we did think they were like Republicans. Clearly. Like, cl- no, Southern clearly. Republicans. Um, but they wanted to go to the museum. They tried. But that, you still need a ticket. So yeah. they couldn't go. Um, of course, they asked us, y'all, can y'all get in? Do y'all have any tickets? Oh, no, ma'am. Everyone needs it. <laughs> my ticket Security right guy will let me in, that. potentially. <laughs> 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 he will let me in. But the way they asked about it was like, hey, I want to go to the Spy Museum. I want to go to the Smithsonian uh, Air and Space Museum. Like, it was a tourist mm-hmm. site as opposed to a tourist attraction as opposed to an educational experience. Well, think about it. it you know, there's not many. I think that there needs to be museums everywhere every state just like they have commemorative things everywhere in order for it to be honored the way that it should be it's put Mm -hmm. up like an attraction if you think about it um dc is not necessarily infamous with knowing to hold historical value with things of that pertain to people of color okay um so it's up to us to uphold those traditions and make it so that it's a sacred place and mm-hmm. how we treat we treat it what was weird for me was just the looks you know i'm, I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm very empathic and, and i can feel i think everything is energy and i think it was weird you know to me to just you know kind of it's it's just it's hard to explain but it's like you like you say you kind of don't know mm-hmm. you know the intent but my hope was that they've gleaned something and that our ancestor spirit was there enough to leave an indelible mark on their heart mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So imagine. So now we're at the reflecting pool. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> you, you've seen it for a few times, so you you yeah. Reflecting again, so you had to pull. So you're, you're walking out. You say you don't. I don't. I'm not going to do the second three floats. The second half, but I'm going to go grab something to eat or something. They grab you, Carla. Oh my goodness, it's you. Like you're the perfect person to come speak. So they pull you to the podium. Who's they? First of all, the the, the random random black woman number seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they they call you to to come speak. All right, it's a podium. You look out. It's a sea. It's a sea of black people. All right, what am I say to these people? It's a sea of black men, yet the real brother much. You are uh, the real brother much. The real brother much. <laughs> I can't say that. I got. That's fine. So I'll tell you the backstory why I, I changed the name of it. But okay. yet the real brother much. Okay. Um, you can ask a million black men one question, and they'll each answer that question. What do you ask? Okay. Yeah. That's the question. Yep. Here it comes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> what will it take for you to recognize your true godhood? Hmm. What will it take for you to recognize your true godhood? To be reminded of it. Um, I think you said some things in this. The, the, so it's interesting. I believe in. I don't believe in coincidences. So the things you've said have been confirmation, and I've been receiving confirmation all week. Really around the idea of taking up space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been struggling that at, with that at work. And it took some of my black mentors at work to be like, "No, you, you, it's not tokenism. You are the person to do this. You just happen to be black. This is not, you know, tokenism." So. Fear and taking up space. So when you talk about taking up space, is really stepping into your godhood, yeah, yeah, being omnipresent, being mm-hmm. being being of everything, and often it's it's being reminded of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about the things that we wish our parents would have told us. Um, <clears throat> my parents, well, my specifically my father went through Jim Crow, so mm-hmm. the things he trained me for was to deal with that. I don't know if I I don't, I don't know that has gotten me here. I don't know if those tools are the same tools I need. Now to step into the godhood, there, there's some other tools. I think I, it's you know the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Now it's on me to figure out, and so try, being reminded of it helps to me to remember. Look out for the tools. Be in search of the tools. To, so you need affirmations. Affirmations, yes. Yeah. To to step into godhood. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. What about you, sir? Hmm. <laughs> um. I think mine is actually walking into that like being that like knowing that i'm in my godhood um you said the hero's journey Mm -hmm. like there are certain things in my life right now like you said we're still growing up as adults there are certain things that i still i'm pretty sure need to experience i don't know what it is um maybe from an emotional maybe from a mental uh standpoint um, but there are just certain things that I know that I, I need to and want to experience to fully to come full circle um, to, to live and walk in that uh, that godhood. So why don't you believe that your personal life experience now is your beginning initiation for your godhood and to walk into that today? I won't say that I don't believe that. I, I believe that. I'm starting the journey. That's why I said I think there's things that I'm I need to experience more. There are other things that I need to experience um, on an emotional and mental level. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think going forward from, I, th- I think from like uh, maybe, what am I, 35? So. You were 35. I would say from 33. So from two years ago. Well, actually, whenever we started the podcast. Four years ago. So from four <coughs> years ago. So from four years ago, from an, from an emotional standpoint and mental standpoint, that's when I started like seeing things mm-hmm. and, and learning about more more or less about me and learning about and just being smart about the world that is around me like really being cognizant of my surroundings really being just truthful to people who are in my life so um, starting that journey from four years ago and up until now there are still some things that you know, I need to relinquish. There are some things that I need to experience. So, I'm I'm, I'm walking That's in good. Interesting. I, no, because I I hear you, and I'm like, ah, oh, there's so much I want to share. Well, first I'll say this. Let me affirm you that ye are already gods. And I think the biggest the biggest illusion is that we don't have that inner knowing anymore. So when we come across people, places, and situations that challenge that, we shrink. I mean. The reason I came up with that question was because I felt I had to feel what it was like for me to be in that moment moment to stand as a woman of color amongst my brothers. And I haven't always seen my brothers in a good light. And so when I felt that, it was like, what do I need to feel to stand in front of my brothers to be affirmed that I am protected and safe? And usually that means you've done your own work. So when you see me, you see me the way God sees me. And you have to see yourself the way God sees you first. So you are God's already. It's literally the hero's journey means that just because you're not yielding your sword doesn't mean you're not always carrying it. Mm. And if we wait for the next and next and next experience to affirm and initiate us, we'll miss that we've already had the wings. We've already had, you know, the tools, whatever your godhood looks like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's the other thing. We, we've we been given this uh, perspective of what God looks like and how God operates. No, I believe we're all, all here for the different expressions of God in the expression of our bodies and the peculiarity of it. So mm-hmm. that's what makes this grand experience so awesome. You know, um, at 33, that's the year that you have your major transformations. Um, there's pivotal years, mm-hmm. you know, within your life. And for you to mention that, that makes sense. This is literally your aftermath, if you will. You mm. know, the dust settling where you've dug your heels into it. It takes a couple years for you to be like, okay, I've, I've gone through my Saturn, you know, yeah. situation. You know, I don't know if you know about the whole planet thing. But um, essentially you are there it's almost like if you think about um the the rites of passage we we miss that mark you know we need that and this is technically you just making it through a birthday here in this country is technically a rites of passage as a a black man you know with the life expectancy but take that and flip it and be like every time i hit a new milestone and not just a physical milestone every time i've done something that maybe my parents would have done negatively and i've done something different and i've learned something from it that's godhood every time that i've expressed myself in a way that was basically speak softly but carrying a big stick type Mm -hmm. thing you've done it you know honor that and it becomes more and more affirming within yourself and then other people will show up and other things will show up to affirm back to you which that you already are so it's there 
I just really want my brothers to walk in that and recognize that. And then all the other pieces will start to formulate if you pay attention Mm -hmm. to help you remember that and affirm you and maybe challenge you. Sometimes it will challenge. Are you, oh, you say you're God? Okay. Are you going to be a victim in this situation or are you going to be a God? Are you going to be a mere human in this situation Mm -hmm. or are you going to be a God? And that's it. I call myself a goddess all the time. I have a hashtag I use called goddess shit. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. that. But... Yeah, it's it's um it's imperative what you speak to yourself, what you feel about yourself, even through the midst of going through something, you still got to affirm the truth of who you are because if listen, if if somebody said to me, "Hey, you're a princess of Angola and you didn't know that, but I'm wearing this, mm-hmm. but they see me as something else." You know what I'm saying? It's the same concept with you all. I see men as black men as gods. I do. You just don't operate in it, and some of you don't have your crowns. I love it. That's it. That's That's how we closing out Black History Month. (laughs) Okay. Know that you are a god. Yeah, and act like it. And act Act like like it. it. How's that for a show type? (laughs) Know that you are god and act like it. You like that, buddy? (laughs) Not not. uh, We got we got many show titles. You might change them every day. Um, well, we're about to get up out of here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you for uh, accepting the invite one more time. Thank you for coming. Thank you. We appreciate all the enlightenment. Yes, thank you, thank and, you for having and, me. And all of the uh, wisdom and gems that you've dropped tonight. And I'm pretty sure I can guarantee that uh, whoever hears this, when they hear this, is mm-hmm. going to be, yeah, they're going to ask for you to come back. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. So and they can find me at carlasugar.com. Carlasugar.com. <laughs> IG and, and Facebook too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All Carla Sugar. Carla with a C and Sugar S U G A R. So Carla's Sugar. I'm possessive of my sugar. <laughs> what did you say? I'm possessive of my sugar. That's why it's Carla's mm. Sugar. That's deep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um, so. I have nothing else. Um, oh, I do need these back on. Okay. Yo, what you out? Yeah, man. Yeah. Just use the water. Just use the residue. Yeah, yeah I use the residue. Too, yeah. No, I'm good. Let me get some more. <laughs> you want the scotch? Yeah, I'm going to say scotch. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, again, thank you for having us. I mean, wait. <laughs> that's what it felt like. I'm not gonna lie I, to you. I was gonna say I felt like I was interviewing y'all a little bit, yeah, and that was yeah, my special yeah. inve- investigation coming out. I was, a little wait, bit. I was waiting for it. We can. <laughs> no, we can I, you know what? I'm a leader. I know how to stand down and, and okay. allow myself to, to follow. How you sit before clanking glasses, Kyle? See how you do us. And so you thank you for coming <laughs> out. Said, this is a great show. We have nothing else further to give, right. um, but we're gonna give love, and uh, we'll see you guys when we see you. And as always, love, love life, and love patience. Special way.